Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, millennials, and welcome back to The Toast. Happy Monday after a very long weekend without The Toast. We apologize. We really do. But I can't lie. We were so busy. We were. Educating the youth. We were. That I'm not, actually, I'm not even sorry. It didn't feel like a long weekend for us because it was so busy with education. Lecture, lecture, lecture. Educate, educate, educate. It's not like we feel like we had a long weekend, so leisurely. But this week is an exciting week. One turtleluia is in Florida. Yes, if you're watching on YouTube, Jackie and I are in our duo studio and it's, we have the flamingos which have been forsaken for so long for too long we have the strice brethren they're both in studio today wanting to work with their mommies it's a bryce strice trady lou and jack's affair which is so sumptuous you know what it is harmonious yes <laughs> um so jackson and i are back in studio we apologize for not having a show on friday but we were really kind of honored to have been asked to speak at the university of miami school of law what like it's hard we gave a gorgeous kind of really educational funny heartwarming panel on the business of podcasting it was so much fun it was so much fun the it was for like the sports global business. entertainment and sports marketing something like that school. yeah and we were the keynote speakers we had no idea no literally <laughs> keynote someone must have dropped out at the last minute but it's fine no, we've had this on the books for a while, Turtle. That's Lou. true, actually. And we had Don't so be many, like that that influencer. Like pick who, me. Who dropped out at the last minute that you invited me? Ooh, yeah, you're right. Okay, now we were asked like months ago, maybe even years at this point. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. So many toasty lawyers. You know, the next generation of lawyers is looking to be extremely toasty, mm -hmm. which gives me faith in the, the ju judicial system. Well, a lot of things should give you faith in the judicial system because we have a legal story today. About Stephen Smith? No, oh. about Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's really been a long time. We haven't caught up on that. Yeah, that was like the headline of the weekend, really. The stories are interesting. Going to spark some interesting conversation. There's one that I'm really excited to talk about. But other than that, I wouldn't be here today for the stories. I would be here today for the Jackson Claude in person energy. Yes. The Bryson Strice energy. Yeah, but the Bryson Strice energy is so combative. These two brethren, you guys, like, Claudia and I don't talk about this a lot, but our boys like don't like each other there's like not a great vibe between them <laughs> they really do not fuck with one another whatsoever they they couldn't be more different i know and like theo is a lot older than bruno and more like, not a lot okay. older calm down but like he's a, in dog years he's more mature yeah he's very mature he doesn't he doesn't want to play with anyone it's not a bruno thing it's a playing thing yeah no theo's not really like a super social dog actually he really just loves his parents and his he loves people he does not like love other dogs no, but he doesn't even like the kids 
he doesn't understand the kids, but he loves all adults. Like, he really does. Yeah, yeah. These boys are lovers. They just don't really have a lot in common. Yeah. And they're at different stages of their life. And that's okay. No, it is okay. But it's just something like, this weekend you were on a staycation. Yeah, so... Jackie and Olivia both helped me out a lot. Theo stayed here in Florida while Ben and I took a little birthday trip to Bell Harbor at the St. Regis. Can't recommend enough. Gorgeous facility. Um, And spent like a little staycation weekend, you know, swimming, ocean, beach. I have such a bad sunburn. It's killing me. My bun pulling back my forehead in this updo with the sunburn that I have. Like I could go to the hospital. Um, But it was so nice. And I knew that Theo was in good, you know. Was it not dog friendly? It was, but you don't want him in the room all day. Yeah, what well, we were we were at the beach all day, and we I'm not going to take him to the beach, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to leave him in like the room. It was really just not. It was a very uh, pet friendly, kid friendly hotel. I told you you should maybe take a trip down there. It was so nice, but I'm happy to be back. You know, it felt weird to be in the great state of Florida without my family. I was like, what yeah. am I doing here? It was weird for everyone. It was weird. No, you should have been here. There was like a weirdness. Like we have pool here. Yeah, we have sun here. So true. Let me tell you two things I wanted to share. The first thing I just wanted to like close a loop on something we spoke about the last time I was in Florida. If you're not watching on YouTube, I'm going into my pocket. I took it. This morning I walked into Jackie's studio and the aforementioned $20, $40 that has been sitting in here since you moved into this home was still sitting there, which proves that I need it more than you do. So I have to pick up some what supplies. What is like the lucky 40 though? I have to pick up some supplies for a little birthday party we're throwing for Ben. So I'll just tell Ben that your gift to him was the $40 for balloons, etc. Okay, you'll tell him that I set up the decor. I will tell him that you, no, I will tell him that you paid, for, you supplied the budget for the decor. Okay. Um, and the second thing I wanted to tell you is like kind of something weird I did over the weekend that I just wanted to tell you that immediately made me think of you. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So me and Ben were on the beach and we ran into our friends, Ben and Margie. And they're such a great couple. They have two kids and their kids are so cute. And their kids are the exact same age as uh, Olivia's kids, Michaela and Levi. So I just feel like, you know, I'm always saying, I feel like I know more about like motherhood than the average auntie. But it's important to note, I am not a mother. But like sometimes I say things like I said something so out of fucking pocket. I actually felt weird. So they came over with their kids on the beach with the stroller. And we were like so happy to see their kids, Leo. Leo and Jack. So I was like, oh my God, we were asking so many questions because I haven't seen them in so long. They live in Florida. And I really haven't seen Leo maybe like since his bris. And I was like asking- Is that the older one? The older one, the one that's Michaela's age. So he's like three now. And I was asking so many questions. I was like, oh, what is he this? Is he potty trained? And she was like, yeah, he's potty trained. And I was like, (laughs) oh, it is so hard to potty train kids. And- me a person who's literally never potty trained a child but margie was like no actually like levi i mean leo was like really good i was like oh okay cool (laughs) um i don't know why the fuck i said that i've literally never potty trained a child and like i'm talking to somebody who has right but i would say like the crime there is not that you've never potty trained a child because like you're speaking from your personal experience with michaela but it would be applying your one experience to the whole of children no and my experience is like literally one time I thought she had to pee and I sat her down no, on the toilet. No, but your experience is also hearing it through Olivia. Yes, And yes. getting the play-by-play. But it's not the same as Margie's, who's like an actual mom of two. Yeah, but you know what? It's better than the opposite, where the person who's not a mother is like downplaying how hard things true, are. And the true. mom's like, Bitch. No, I respect mothers. Everybody Bitch. knows that. I respect mothers. Right. I'd rather talk to someone who like is overestimating how hard it is rather than someone who's down minimizing it. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, thanks for making me feel better. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're In fine. that moment, I was like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> I wish I didn't say that. Sometimes you just like say stuff to like round out the conversation. Or to like relate, you know? No, no, no. But like sometimes you just have to like 
say a statement to keep the convo moving for the conversation and sometimes it's not 100% accurate helpful or useful so true and I think we've all done that at some point in our life thanks Jack and someone was just listening a little too closely to call out the inaccuracies yeah that was me no 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 that was her like actually listening to what you said and being like actually no yeah thanks Margie for not just like ignoring just like faking faking conversation yeah yeah she was so intent she was so intent she was yeah. intentional intentional which is so important so important we are intentional don't you find i find that we are constantly intentionalizing and being extremely intentive yeah yeah feels good doesn't it it feels almost intentional um so we have a great show tell me about your weekend like tell me tell me everything because I wasn't here but I was like nearby kind of not really I had a great like fun loving weekend Mm. it just was a lot of I don't even know child care yeah like but I don't know what the word would be just like physically like it was there was no stopping there was no stopping you know and like there was just so much going on and, you know, you just got to keep making shit up, making games, <sighs> making different scenarios in which they could play. Like, so true. it was exhausting, but rewarding. Well, isn't that just motherhood in a nutshell? It is. It is. I feel that. It's, for me, like, whenever I spend time here uninterrupted, it's, like, hours and hours of, like, taking care of the kids and not, like, stopping in and saying hi. I'm just constantly in awe of, like, exhaustion is just not a word in these kids vocabulary no it's crazy like get tired bitch like, i know and sometimes they do take like a big nap and it's like oh i guess if i slept that long in the middle of the day i'd have more energy too but sometimes sex. they don't fucking nap i know i know well you know i'm staying at olivia's this time and it's been so nice honestly mm. to spend not, time but like not too nice right it's been just like nice it's been just equally as nice as it is here great, great, great. but i've really gotten in and i've only been here for like you know 12 hours it has been really restorative in my relationship with Michaela. she is she's also grown up in a lot a lot in like the two months that i've been here she's obsessed she's obsessed with antiquoia like woke me up this morning wants to play last night before bed oh my god so we put her bed at like eight and then at like 10 o'clock we're watching the cmt awards and we hear Michaela, and she was singing of course high school musical because i came down here with the i watched high school musical three the day before i left for florida and i said this is a film Michaela would love and i knew it so i put it on for her last night and she was obsessed with the final scene where they're graduating i, I was the rest of my life to feel just like a high school you guys know it she was obsessed so at 10 she like still wasn't asleep so zach pulled her out and then Olivia and him got into bed and Michaela like laid with them for a little bit. So before me and Ben went to bed, I went into their room to say goodnight. So of course I had to climb into the middle and give Michaela like a big hug and she touches my nose and she goes, Antiquoia, your makeup, it's beautiful. And I wasn't even wearing any makeup. So she really just thinks I'm beautiful. And Michaela learned, like all my friends and family learned, the way to my heart is through flattery. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like one of those moments where like your heart just like, burst into a million pieces no I know that's how I felt when I shared that that other anecdote with you about Michaela that you didn't believe but do you maybe believe it now about Evermore I don't don't remember the song Evermore (sighs) no I don't believe it even after like knowing like getting share it share with everyone because it was honestly like I know Michaela's capabilities and like she just isn't there yet you know she is because Olivia told me the story she texted it to me the next day yeah and Olivia I think was just like really wanting to make anti-sack feel good but anti-sack feels good like and I just I don't believe it need validation falsified I don't believe it 
So, Michaela loves Beauty and the Beast. Their whole family's favorite song from Beauty and the Beast is Evermore, which is on the new uh, live-action one sung by Josh Groban. And Queen has taste. Queen has taste. So, the lyrics go, And I know he'll never leave me, even as I fade from you. And she likes to sing in her crib, like Before at night, bed. in the mornings, whatever. And Olivia could hear her singing, and she was singing Evermore, but she sang... And I know Auntie Sack will never leave me. But that didn't fucking happen. It's, it just didn't happen. But why can't, like, we both have nice anecdotes It's to just share. like, okay, you remember that tweet that went viral? Um, <laughs> yes. This is a, one of my favorite things. Somebody tweeted, like, something their, like, like four-year-old did that was so, like, sweet, but, like, so unbelievable that somebody, quote, tweeted it and was like, this did not happen. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Okay, that's not how I feel. It's so unbelievable. I need to witness it with my own eyes when it comes to Kayla. Yeah. Maybe I'm underestimating her. Maybe you are. Maybe I am. Maybe you are. So it's just been, it's been amazing to be with the kids these last, like, five minutes. I'm so happy to be here. I'm here for the whole week. It's Passover. So just a little housekeeping reminder. Wednesday and Thursday, there are no episodes of The Toast, as Jackie and I will be observing the late great holiday of Pesach. But we filmed a vlog on Friday yes. because, as we stated, like we spoke at University of Miami School of Law. Yeah. And not just like the University of Miami, it was like the University of Miami School of Law. Right. It wasn't like one of the other schools that don't sound like as impressive as School of Law. And it certainly wasn't like undergrads. We weren't talking to teenagers, like we were talking to professional adults. Yeah. So we filmed a vlog that day of Get Ready With Us. We did our makeup together. It was really harmonious. It was. It started off a little acrimonious, It actually. did, it did, because it's, it's tense. Like, we were rushing. We were rushed. We were vlogging. We were, we're vlogging. Doing our makeup. We both want to look our best. Yeah. Claudia's working with her Florida set of materials, which Ugh. are apparently already outdated. They are. Uh, so we vlogged the Get Ready With Us process and then a little bit of our day, but it's mostly like our makeup routines, chit-chatting about the day and having some girly swirly time. Girly swirly time. So that will be up Wednesday in lieu of an episode of The Toast and we are planning to have something for you Thursday as well. So if you never want to go a weekday without toast, patreon.com slash the toast because I think if you like include Patreon, then I really don't know when's the last weekday that we haven't had something for we are you. always taking care of the patreon members that's one thing about us yeah fun fact yeah that way you never have to go without turdy lou jackson claude yeah okay yeah do you feel as though i feel as though do you feel as though i do feel as though and we have like a busy day today so it's like we have got to get to stepping yeah so pass me we jackie and i are sharing one ipad today so we're gonna have to be like passing back we're and very forth. sustainable yeah greta toon would approve she would say, how dare you I'm impress gonna, me so much. I'm just going to go in any order. Does that yeah. work? Okay. Just pass over the, um, no, I don't like this order. I got it. The first five. Yeah, yeah I got it. Great. Okay. Without further ado yeah. do, do, do about the rivalry between do and brew, here are the fast five stories that you need to know. And the fast five stories that you absolutely need to know are is brought to you by Squarespace. So Squarespace is everything and anything for websites. If you're looking to start an e-commerce website, you work in e-commerce, you want to start a side hustle, literally anything, check out Squarespace. It is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business from websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics 
analytics, Squarespace is really the place for it all. So there's tons of product features on Squarespace's websites, um, depending on what you are looking to create online. But if it's e-commerce, Squarespace is the place to sell anything. They have the tools you need to get your business off the ground, including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and of course, secure payments. Whatever you sell, Squarespace has merchandising features to make your product look their best online. If you're looking to maybe do something in the education space, you can do email campaigns with uh, Squarespace. You can grow and engage your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. You can create powerful email content that matches your website with your existing product, your blog posts, your logos, so that your messaging is staying consistent and effective. Uh, let's say you want to do something in the tech space. They've got Squarespace member areas, so you can connect with your audience and generate revenue through gated members-only content. You can manage your members, send email communications, leverage your audience insights, all on one easy-to-use platform. Also, the great part about Squarespace is they offer a one-click content ownership, so you own all the content that you put on your Squarespace platform. It's a one-click data portability. Check out squarespace.com toast for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash toast for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain today's episode is also brought to you by perfect bar looking for a nutritious and delicious snack well look no further than perfect bar with their lineup of fresh from the fridge protein bars perfect bar is exactly what you and your family need Made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods, Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars, little snack size bars that are also good and good for you. You'll be sure to find something you love. They have tons of different flavors, but make sure to check out the chocolate chip cookie dough because the texture is just supreme. And what's great about Perfect Bar is that you keep it in the fridge because it's so fresh. Fresh to death. That the inside is like this really kind of doughy cookie dough texture, but the outside is like a hard shell of chocolate. It's absolutely delicious. So the creamy dough texture is full of flavor and they're unlike any other bars out there and they now come in snack sizes and those snack sizes are packed with up to six grams of protein and 150 calories so a little goes a long way throw it in your purse at the beginning of a long day you'll be glad you have it because they're made with whole food ingredients and they contain zero artificial preservatives perfect bar is stored in the fridge so grab one after a workout for a quick bite while you're out shopping or just whenever if you're not sold yet they're also non-gmo project verified gluten-free soy-free low gi and kosher Perfect Bar knows that it'll be love at first bite, so for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store, and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar. It'll go directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get that free Perfect Bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get a free Perfect Bar today. Thank you, Turdy Luya. Yeah. What can I say except you're welcome? Also, we have we're recapping Succession. No, we are. I didn't watch it. Why not? Because like we didn't talk about it. Excuse me. And I was saying at the Shapiro's, and they didn't watch last week's episode, so we're not recapping it. I'm so sorry. Like we didn't talk about like doing that. What's to talk about? Like we have a schedule. I'm like not in my house. My time is not my and, own. Like, you literally put a gun to my head like for pump rules. Yeah, of course. And I succession mean, last week. I put a gun to your head for pump rules for sure because that's so pertinent. We're a pop culture show. How can we not be watching pump rules right now? Um, no, I know, but I, I was tired one night. We were literally talking about gun. succession at dinner last night. And you didn't say anything. And then Olivia was like, I haven't watched the first episode of the season. So like, how could I watch it? I was staying at her house. In your bedroom, in your quarters. So you in want me to like not spend, quarters, you want me to not spend time with my family. Room. I didn't watch it. So let's just move on. I'm so sorry. I'm going to remember this. Can't wait. I Can't wait. In I, did, I, I stand by the fact that I did nothing wrong. 
you would oh my god if you watch it and I didn't watch it even though like we agreed like this is part of the programming now no but like we didn't talk about it like we didn't discuss there was to say. we were together last night I feel like we're always like we're making sure like if there's something to do like we're on top right, of each because other because you mentioned it like concessions on tonight like I knew that you knew and that you were on top of it no I didn't watch it I, and I refuse to be blamed any longer for this grotesque misalliance like I didn't I I literally didn't do anything wrong like my god Okay, I'm just like really excited for when sometime I don't watch something that you've watched. But see, the thing is, like, if I watch something, I always tell you. But I don't like, just you go did rogue. tell me at the dinner table. I don't go rogue and just watch it, you know? No, but we talked about it at the dinner table. I didn't know you came away from that conversation being like, I won't watch. Well, then, you maybe, just, maybe you don't really understand me. No, I guess it was a misunderstanding. Hey, maybe let's chalk it up to a misunderstanding and, and keep the harmonious vibes. The unfortunate thing, though, is that if this were a remote episode, you could just take your headphones off. I know. Too bad. I can't be silenced. Hmm. Okay, well, I did have Well, now, do I feel great? <laughs> oh. I feel just like, you know, useless. No, it's... Once you see the episode, there's only a few things to say. All right, do you like, would it be helpful if I watch it today so we could recap it tomorrow or just get back on the train next week? We could recap it tomorrow if you find, you don't have to watch it today though. Like if it wasn't for Monday's like recap, like we don't, we're not in any rush. Okay, like I'm, like I apologize. Like I, I still don't feel like I did anything like wrong per se. I just, I, I, I'm sorry that we found ourselves in this situation. Honestly. I'm sorry, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry that you like had to wait up when I know you actually don't even like, like the show anymore, you know? Yeah, no, it did. My schedule is fine. I literally finished my book for the redheads like, two minutes before we started watching so like it was fine I'm sorry um but it was just like an hour of sleep I could have gone back no that's so true and as a mother like the fact that I took away that hour of sleep from you like I definitely I definitely feel maybe I should just go like I why don't you just go watch it right now and then no we actually don't have time for that okay but it's fine it's fine hopefully I still feel passionate whenever we do talk about it okay our first story Gwyneth Paltrow thanks the jury for their thoughtfulness after a trial win Gwyneth is happy with the outcome and thankful to the jury after winning her ski crash trial in Utah. She said, I felt that acquiescing to a false claim compromised my integrity. I am pleased with the outcome and I appreciate all the hard work of Judge Holmberg and the jury and thank them for their thoughtfulness in handling this case. Nearly one hour before she posted that, a jury decided that the retired doctor, Terry Sanderson, was 100% at fault for their 2016 ski crash, (laughs) despite him suing Gwyneth for $300,000. I just feel like when they say he's suing Gwyneth for $300,000, like it's such a lie. Like he was suing her for more and the judge capped it at $300,000. But what did he initially want to sue her for? Like $3 million. $3 million or $1 million. So that's just like crazy. Now, I really just didn't think there was a way I could ever like love Gwyneth Paltrow more. Like I've been a ride or die for her for many years. And this trial has just like brought out another side of Gwyneth. First of all, like the Lukes were so like appropriate like Utahski crash trial looks but also like you know you have to look appropriate in um in court I just thought she looked amazing I loved you know the everyday paparazzi photos of what bag is she wearing what gorgeous flowy skirt will she be wearing today so that was exciting too I loved seeing her testimony how just unbothered queen you know yeah I loved um watching this guy like really truly embarrass himself and I believe he gave, gave a statement basically saying you know like I'm embarrassed you know Oh, wow. Yeah. So I loved that. I loved every bit of this trial. I love that she won. I love that the jury, you know, I feel, 
I feel as though, you know, you could have with with cases like this, a lot of people have preconceived notions about celebrities and they could have let that be a bias of theirs. Because, you know, one of the things about Gwyneth Paltrow that people think is like, she thinks she's better than everyone. She's, you know, kind of pretentious. So, you know, shoving into someone and keep skiing is something a pretentious person would do. So I'm glad that the, the jury didn't let their bias get in the way. Well, you would hope that there weren't jury people who had biases Extreme. of yeah. Gwyneth. I would think that in the selection, it would be mostly people who are unfamiliar. And yeah, yeah, too cool for that. Um, she was so gracious when the trial was over. They let the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Defendant and the plaintiff, like Gwyneth and Terry, they got to leave first. So Gwyneth got up and was walking out and she had to walk past Terry and she came over to him and she said, I wish you the best. Yes. Which was very gracious, but I like to think it was like a little knife, a little jab because like, yeah, fuck like, off. No, and it's also like, I wish you well because like you're unwell. I said, good day, sir. Yeah, no, like I, I hope you get the help that you need for being so deeply disturbed that you would spend time on this farce. That was definitely the subtext <laughs> of the I wish you well. That it was get help. But on the surface, it was very gracious. Yes. Um, And I also loved her statement because because I had said, you know, she's definitely spending more money on this trial and everything in legal fees than she would in just paying this guy $300,000. And what you said very, very uh, studiously was that some things are worth protecting your reputation. People just don't want their image to be dragged because it's more cost effective. And that's exactly what she said in her statement. She's like, I could have just acquiesced the money, but like my legacy means more to me than the money. And I just... Every and it's about the principle, right? Right. Because if anybody can just oh, of course, say that Gwyneth crashed into them and get three hundred k, then what's to stop the next person and the next person if yeah. she just finds it easier to pay them off? So at every step of this trial, I have been in awe of Gwyneth's elegance, grace, composure, and style. And I don't know if I could love her any more than I do, but I, but I, but I now do. I do. Yeah, I do. You do. I will miss watching this the footage was really like I just love seeing celebrities in something so ugly like trial you know I yeah. think that's why celebrity trials like you know Johnny and Amber and anytime like a celebrity's on trial becomes such a spectacle one because it's a celebrity but two it's like we're used to seeing celebrities in this glamorous but there's something so normal and like routine and common almost about uh common. about a uh a courthouse. Yeah. There's no special treatment. No. And it was just, it was all very exciting. There's no special lighting. You're all under. Fluorescence. The fluorescence. It was just exciting. Yes. So I'm glad that justice has been served. Closing the book on that. Congrats, Gwyneth. Justice has been served. There's a gavel around here somewhere, I think. Right? We split them up in. Did we? Yeah. In the divorce. Stop. I'm depressed. I know. What's a better word for it? In the move? In the relocation. That sounds like you got fired, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was relocated. She was relocated. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Just listen before. Just to listen. Okay. Before like you make a face because Pete Davidson. Ugh, I know. Did a podcast on someone's Patreon. So thumbs love up for patreon people making making money off their content we'd love to see content being monetized he did had a conversation with john bernthal uh for his podcast real ones which you can listen to this episode on his patreon and he expressed feeling like a loser or you could listen to our patreon <laughs> oh yeah no, no no but once you get comfortable with the patreon platform in general then you'll you, want to support other creators so and why don't we just be like number two after yeah, that so true when we're typically number one of course of course 
Um, But he expressed feeling like a loser because of the ongoing emphasis on who he was dating. He said, quote, I'm in my 20s and I've dated people. And for some reason, that's very crazy and interesting to people. I don't think it's interesting. I've been in show business for like half my life almost for 14 or 15 years and on a national TV show. In 12 years, I've dated 10 people. I don't think that's crazy, but to some people, that's very interesting. That became all anyone would talk about. He said, it's not like I was flexing, you know what I mean? And these people that I've dated, I met them at work. I wasn't in anyone's DMs. No one was in mine. I worked at one of the five Hollywood epicenters of where you meet people, and that's how it happened. It's a good call. He said, suddenly you're in the zeitgeist that has nothing to do with the work, and that's a really shitty feeling. Mm -hmm. I became more known before the work was there, but I was always working. He qualified that he's cool with the joke. He gets the late night jokes, but occasionally the laughter over his romantic track record hit too close to home. Like when they made fun of him on his own show, SNL. Mm. He said, when your own show pokes fun at you, I'd be sitting in the back watching the cold open. And the cold open is topical, political humor, whatever's in the culture. And then making fun of you. Then you've got to walk out and do a sketch next and hit your mark. And the show just made fun of you. So why are they going to laugh at you? Like they just dogged you in front of everyone, man. And you're like, I'm a fucking loser, man. Okay, really quickly. I know this is like not the point of the conversation, but let's try and name the 12 girls that he's dated. Okay. (laughs) That's the opposite of the point. Kazzy David, Carly Aquilino. And opposite, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to go We're in not, order. Oh, you want to go in order? Okay, so Carly, Cassie, Ariana, Kate Beckinsale. Okay. That was such a great time. Um, I don't know if this is in order. Phoebe Denver. Oh, Phoebe Denver, yeah. Oh, let's not go in order. Kaya though. Gerber. Kaya Gerber, Kim. Kim. Uh, Chase Now. Chase Now. Maybe there were some like nobodies. No, there was probably some like three dates, you know, like yeah. spotted with. Let's personally, I'm Pete, still shipping him and Kate Beckinsale. Like, I just thought that was like a cute moment in time. Pete Davidson's dating history. Let's see if we're missing anyone. Margaret Qualley. <gasps> Margaret Qualley. That's nine. Like, she's just like Kaya Gerber. We did. Oh, Olivia O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even though um, that was like a text that yeah, was sent. She's actually been talking about that recently on some podcasts. Because uh, I don't know why, but she was like, I think they maybe went on one date. Yeah, she said on BFF's pod yeah. that she and the comic had a secret short-lived fling, admitting that she didn't, she did not think anyone knew about it because they asked her about it. And she was like, I didn't think anyone that? knew. She further claimed that he called things off via text. He texted me and was like, I'm seeing someone else, so like I can't. And I think it was Phoebe Denver. Yeah, and also we like dissected this at the time, and. It, their relationship didn't seem to qualify for like an actual breakup. It does, but sure, spotted with. Oh yeah, we did. I remember. And Rada. That was oh, last week. Yeah, that's eleven. Yeah, but that's everyone. Yeah, no, it's not that crazy. I, I definitely, um, I see what he's saying, but I also feel like it's probably like somewhat important to note that his career also blew up because of it. Like. He was able to leave SNL and have other opportunities because he's so famous now because of who he dated, you know? I disagree a little bit. I don't think it like worked against him. It only worked against him in the sense of like, that's, you know, the the headline about him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even before he started having high profile relationships, he was always like the really funny youngest cast member ever mm-hmm. on SNL and like was going places yeah. and would and w- would be doing the same work that he's doing 
without the girlfriends honestly mm, no i don't i don't know i don't think so but what what is he doing that's so big like honestly nothing like right, i don't know what he right. does so what did this get him but he does like a lot he like makes a lot of money from being famous like he was like a calvin klein face okay that's he just a lot of, he was in a hellman's commercial from like, his like career as a comic though yeah but that those things like afford you the privilege of not having to work like you make a lot of money and you can chill and you don't have to go to SNL every week, you know? But he's working still. Like, he's only in his 20s. He's still Oh, yeah, he's not retired. Yeah, no, I think he does, like, shows. And he and has, has some uh, projects in the works. Something coming out that this was promoting. Oh, he was just in that horror movie. Bodies, Bup- Bodies, Bodies. Bupkis. May Bupkis. 4th on Peacock. Yeah. It is true that, like, he's more of a a celebrity right now than he is a comic. And I think that hurts him. Yeah. And he's only a celebrity because of those relationships. And that makes him feel like a loser. Well, you know, Pete, like, at least you're a celebrity, okay? Some of us are out here trying, so be grateful. No, of course. Like, you could always make the case that things could be so much worse. Yeah. But he's just sharing his truth on yeah. a Patreon. Like, he's not bothering anyone with No, he's not truth. bothering anyone. His truth is bothering no one. Right? So he's allowed to say how he feels. What's Pete going through? What does right. Pete think? Because that's his opinion. But you would think that all of these feelings would stop him from tearing through the women of Hollywood right. and be a little bit more low-key. Low, one low, Well, he, the thing is, he said he is low-key. Like, he right. doesn't have Instagram. It's not like he's like, here's me and my girl. And he literally, like... It's just it's, paparazzi. He, he can't help that. No, but it's not even, like, red carpet paparazzi. It's, like, literally one lone paparazzo following him into that forlorn building with him and Emrata. Yeah, but also, like, the pictures of him on vacation with Chase. Like, there's always... It's always pictures. I also think, like, a lot of the women he dates know that he's like a PR magnate and I think a lot of them like lean into that like I I feel like a lot of the news that came out about him and Emrata were like Emrata putting it out or Emrata's people like having the paparazzi there because she was very much trying to like pin it to her ex yeah that's possible you know if you're gonna go on a date with Pete Davidson it's gonna be written up everywhere so it's like oh I landed a date with date with Pete Davidson call everyone yeah and I think that hurts him. I think it does too. Because it's like you really, not to be so cliche, it's like you never know if someone's dating you for you. Right. And you know what? They didn't go out again after that. So maybe yeah. he was like, oh no. She's just thirsty. She's thirsty and, and I can't afford like another kerfuffle. Another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm trying to focus on Bupkis, which premieres May 4th on Peacock. So I hope like it really works out with him and Chase because she's kind of like unknown. I don't think people really care so much about this relationship except they like, you know, drove into someone's house. Right. Um, no, but it's the thing is, it's not at this point. It's not about the girls, about Pete, and it's about like adding to that number. Yeah, but I definitely feel like there's less fanfare for him and Chase. Like there was like paparazzi pictures, but like no one really cares. Like she's new to the, on the scene. No, they care. We just don't talk about it every day. But like every time I look for articles, like if they're doing something, like they're there. Yeah, but like, do the people care? I feel like they don't. Drop a comment because I, I, I like I personally don't care. Well, I mean, most of these articles that I see in the, in the morning are just like what. Anything that bad? Oh, you're ready for that? Just, you know, just continue. You're ready for all that? Yeah. Most of the articles that I see in the morning, it's like, who the fuck is reading this? Who gives a shit? Who are they about? Oh my God. It's just like everyone so-and-so celebrates her da-da-da. Like, no, we live in a culture. Like, let me go to page six day. Hold on. Brutal. We live in a culture where like somebody leaving an Instagram comment is uh-huh. worthy of a, an entire article on like a pretty reputable news site. That's yeah. crazy. And they're so misleading. It's like, Khloe no, Kardashian wait. finally addresses yeah, yeah, wait, plastic can, surgery. Can I? Can I oh, shit, this isn't going well. We're having to share an iPad and we're both trying to like look things up. The sharing of the assets isn't going well. But no, like People Magazine today, they're like top stories. 
Number, literally number two, The Bachelor's Madison Pruitt Trout shares what she's obsessed with this spring. Well, that's the, by the way, that's another element of moronacy when it comes to journalism these days. It's like publicists bring their clients and get opportunities for their clients to like interview with People Magazine. And it's like, I'm just using Madison Pruitt as an example, but I see it with like all these kind of low level influencers and reality stars. Here's the 10 things that Maddie Pruitt can't live without. Here's the eight beauty secrets that she keeps in her purse. Claudia, Alicia Silverstone shares adorable video of her dog sitting at the dinner table, quote, waiting for his turn. Listen, you guys, it's hard out here. So when you get upset with Jackie for stories, just know like this is what she's dealing with, okay? The Last of Us star, Bella Ramsey, loves to eat cornflakes with orange juice. It's so good. The Last of Us star, Bella Ramsey, sounds disgusting. Why would literally anyone eat that? Instead of milk? Is that what they're saying? No, and then also like, okay, and then this was on page six today, which I thought was just such like a nasty who gives a shit headline, which was Marilyn Nichols seemingly- Wait, who's Marilyn Nichols? Tristan's other- Baby, baby Theo's mom. Theo's mom. Okay. Marilyn Nichols seemingly shades Khloe Kardashian's lavish birthday party for true. Like, I don't know. Marilyn Nichols is not a, a famous person or so celebrity. True. I don't care what she maybe or maybe did not shade Khloe about. Yeah. And what was it? Like an Instagram comment? I, I didn't. I did not dignify it by clicking. With a click. It. I did not. Yeah. I just. I feel like it's, you know, all part of a larger, larger conversations. You know, in the digital age, what does that mean for journalism? It's nothing not lo- it's not looking good it's not looking good by any means and then like there there are like i feel like publications that try and maintain like journalistic integrity and like write thought-provoking articles and but they have absolutely nothing no scruples to wor- and, no, and they also have nothing to work with like they're trying to make thought provocation out of alicia silverstone's dog sitting at the table but what does her dog sitting at the table really mean for culture what is he waiting for at the table right and how did he get there what was the journey to the table like <laughs> It's insane. These are questions worth asking. Don't you agree? I do. And I would love to get into the next story when it's time. That's too bad. Oh, because it's not time. That's too bad for you, Jackie O, because it is not time. I must let everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Whether you're starting a new business or growing one, if you want to be successful, you need the most talented people on your team. And that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free when you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash toast. Jackie, if you could start a new business, what would you be? Because like, I have so many ideas, you oh, know? I would start a conglomerate called Turdy Lou Global, mm. where we just sort of like acquire a lot of businesses and right. take over the world. And what kind of people would you need working at Turdy Lou Global? People with the Turdy Lou spirit right. and work ethic. Well, here's, which I couldn't describe to you, but I, I would know it if I saw it on ZipRecruiter. Here's my pitch, Jackie. This okay. is why you should let ZipRecruiter help you hire for your business, Turdy Lou Global LLC. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds highly qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. If you've got your eye on one or two people who'd be perfect for your job, ZipRecruiter will actually let you send them a personal invite, making them more likely to apply, Jackie. So ZipRecruiter is the place to go because they also offer attention-grabbing tools that speak to your job flexibility, like remote, training provided, urgent, FaceTime with Turdy Lou, and more. It'll really help your job stand out to the candidates. Let ZipRecruiter fill all your roles with all the right candidates. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself and go to the exclusive link of ZipRecruiter.com slash toast to try ZipRecruiter for free. You'll only be able to try it for free when you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash toast. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Today's episode is also, it is also, Jackie, brought to you by Allbirds. 
That's exciting. Isn't it? Yeah, because I love my Allbirds. You do? Yeah, they're so comfortable and I can bop around in them. I don't have to wear socks with them if I don't want to. Sometimes just socks cramp your style. That's because Allbirds are made with nature in mind. They're made with materials from nature. You know? Yeah, that's us natural queens. And we're so natural, but it's like, what are we going to go outside and make shoes out of your orange tree? No, we're not. So we let the people at Allbirds do all the work. Because in the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they research how to make the most out of sustainable materials like leather made from plants, sugarcane, and tree fibers. Their materials are so natural, one might even say that they're supernatural. Try the plant pacer, the tree dasher, or the super light to see for yourself how super super can really get. All right, so Allbirds make fabulous shoes for a multitude of reasons, just like we said. They're made from all natural materials. Personally, I love them because you can throw them in the washing machine. So it's like you don't have to walk around being like, oh, I can't go outside, it's raining. You know, like people who are very protective over their shoes, especially if you got them in a light color. No, run around, do what you got to do, and then throw them in the washing machine. So the Allbirds Innovation Lab... Um, is their home for sciencey stuff like research and testing renewable materials. The plant pacer, which is the leather made from plants, um, is made with Allbirds 100% plastic-free and 100% vegan plant leather. The tree dasher, which is their running shoe made from wood, are uh, splinter-free because it's not really wood. They look like a piece of wood. They're made... You look like a piece of wood. They're made with natural materials like eucalyptus tree fiber for a lighter and more responsive shoe. So Allbirds is making shoes better than natural. They're super natural. Find your perfect pair at Allbirds.com and use code TOAST to get a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com. Code is TOAST. Allbirds doesn't run sales very often and they don't run exclusive deals like this. So make sure you're going to Allbirds.com. Use code TOAST to get a free pair of socks. With your purchase of $48 or more. Allbirds.com code toast. They make a nice sock. They do make a nice sock. And, and I you like know the what? Tr- I At like this the tr- age in my life, I can't be wearing not nice socks. Oh my God, that's so true. And I can't be wearing not socks at all. You know, on my way to the um, airport, I forgot a pair of socks and I wore a pair of sneakers, not Allbirds, with no socks. And when I tell you, I've never been so uncomfortable in my whole life. Damn. And that's so what I, I get for not wearing my tree dashers. That's what you get. That's what, it serves me right. Are you ready for our next story? Which yeah. is just some funny, sweet, unfortunately, Instagram caption news. Ooh, okay. But I think it's worth discussing because it has to do with one of our favorite okay. quotes and some of our favorite people. So Kim Kardashian is finally apologizing and joking about copying her sister Chloe's outfit that she infamously made fun of when they went on a trip to Japan in 2018. And I'm going to be real with you. You look like fucking clowns. So... Kim, Chloe, and Courtney went to Japan in 2018. I think that was when like Kim was shooting uh like Jesus. on the street looks yeah. for Yeezy. And Chloe and Courtney, I can't remember their names right now. <laughs> Chloe and Courtney were it's the, been so long since it's we've been really spoken so about them. Long. Chloe and Courtney were there like supporting their sis and wearing their favorite Japan looks. Right. And doing the most, you know. And it just wasn't the vibe. Like Kim was in this like very like spandex lycra like era. Like futuristic era. And very they were toned down. Very like. Glam. Uh, glam. Tokyo mm-hmm. fashions. Colors. Like, colors. Kawaii. Yeah. And Kim like kind of reading the mouse. Like you guys look like clowns. And I think she was like kind of ashamed to be seen with them in their really colorful looks. God and forbid. It was, it was funny. Like now we quote it. But like in the moment like she was kind of being a bitch. Yeah. But in the moment it was bitchy too. Like I don't yeah. think in the moment we're like yeah you guys look like clowns. Because no. no, now it's funny. But... They didn't. They looked really good but they obviously weren't matching her aesthetic which um, was the reason for going to Japan in the first place. And they literally came to Japan for her. Like, no I know but it's like you're coming to Japan with me and you're ruining my photos. 
Nobody cares. Like no, I know, but that's important. That was important to Kim at the time. She had her priorities all fucked at the time. She did, and now she was in Japan with her kids, wearing a huge pink fuzzy jacket. The look was so cute, but fans called out that literally that's what Chloe was wearing when, when they she got went called to a Japan, clown. When they got called the clown, and Kim did a carousel of pictures in her pink look, and she included the clip from. Uh, that episode and someone had tweeted like so is Chloe is Kim finally going to apologize to Chloe and Chloe commented I'm waiting ta 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 100% Kim should apologize no like Chloe ahead of the fashion curve Chloe ahead of the fashion curve funny that they like got in on it before like it was like flipped on them you know mm-hmm. um, it's just it's not doing it for me you know the story yeah you know I'm not coming at you no for no, no, no I know but you know when I saw it I was like oh cute and like they're posting like old clips and making fun of themselves those are some of that's my uh, kind of celebrity fodder I enjoy yeah yeah self-referencing to yeah, reference yeah. or not reference to reference or not reference but I wish they did throw it up and put it in a blender <laughs> I think I would have liked this story more I'm like really in my in terms of Kardashians like we've been talking about I've been feeling just kind of like you know I'm resting yeah um, also I was wrong apparently like there is a lot of chatter about how they're in their yes. flop era it's because you're not on TikTok on TikTok yeah yeah we were talking about that last week like is it just an us thing is it a culture thing it's very much a culture thing um there is a lot of debate about it and also something that I found really interesting is I saw Liz Hyde post this Kim has been like wearing a lot of Balenciaga okay I have a question for you mm-hmm. what do you th- I don't really own any Balenciaga oh my God, I'm so glad you brought this up but what do you think about wearing Balenciaga that you already had bought okay so I my personal policy would be like I would wear, if I own Balenciaga I would wear it the things that I own that didn't say Balenciaga but I wouldn't walk around like with a Balenciaga Togo mania yeah. purse so I um I didn't believe I owned anything Balenciaga and then I was getting dressed for something and I put this shirt on and it's just a shirt it's like a blouse and it happened to be Balenciaga and I didn't wear it just because I looked fat but not because it was Balenciaga if it looked good I would have worn it because it didn't have any labels and it's like sorry I'm not of the means where I have like so many I can just you know dispose of my designer items so for a lay person I think if you have something, honestly, wear it. You spent the money. Like, why should you be punished? Right. But Kim, especially with with her clothes, like everything she wears is a statement, whether she likes that or not. Everything she wears is shared. You know, everyone, all these closet accounts. So to be to wear something by a designer, it does feel like you're standing by that designer, and that's very different than you doing that. Right. When she has like unlimited resources to clothes. She probably didn't pay for most of the Balenciaga Balenciaga items that she had, whereas like regular folk, bitch, I paid for this. Like that sucks, but I'm wearing it. Like I can actually understand that. Right. Um so I it's a choice. I believe it's a choice. She, the thing is, Kim has choices. Whereas, like other people who maybe one time splurged on a Balenciaga bag, like they don't have that many choices. You know, that's their bag. That's their bag. Yeah, and you must wear it. Like, yeah, you, you bought the bag. Now lay with it. But I, like, she's wearing non-logo Balenciaga stuff. Like, even she's wearing the sunglasses, and she doesn't show a picture of the. It's not like she's publicly endorsing Balenciaga. You kind of have to be in the know to know that that's what she's wearing. I disagree. But I agree with you that like she has the means to go all the way I disagree because even though it doesn't have like the big label on it she, like everything she wears is shared do you know what oh, I mean and you're saying that then people will want that shirt even though it doesn't say it I'm not even saying that she might be influencing people all I'm saying is like her wearing an item whether it's small like sunglasses that doesn't even have a logo on it she knows when, what whatever she wears is publicized like this is no, what she wears okay that we will find out that it's Balenciaga 
not that we'll find out, but it's it's like an association. It's an endorsement almost. Yeah. I do. Okay. Do you feel that way about all celebrities who like casually wear Balenciaga garments? Um, you're asking such good questions. Because I think our issue do with a lot Kim- of celebrities casually wear now. I don't know. And also now everyone makes that turtleneck spandex top with the gloves attached. So I'm like, whose is whose? It's like Mugler now too, everyone. Yeah, but because I think the issue with Kim and Balenciaga was like, she threw her whole pussy pussy weight face behind this brand that was doing unsavory things. And so like we were hopeful that she would take a step back from them, but not that she never can wear them again. You know, like it's a little soon, no? I don't know. Like for me... It was disappointing when she continued to like be their face. But mm-hmm. like now it's it say who's another celebrity who I if Kelly Clarkson like had a Balenciaga top in her closet and she happened to wear it like I don't think that that would I just feel like it's different for Kim. Do you know what I mean? Especially because OK if Kelly Clarkson had a Balenciaga top in her OK closet, and I know she doesn't have like closet accounts like Kim does. So no, no that's, not, that's okay. not what I was going to say but that's also a good point. And let's say she went out to dinner with gal pals and she wore a Balenciaga shirt like Every time Kelly Clarkson leaves the house, it's not a paparazzi stampede. Like, she can privately wear something and not have everyone okay, know about okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Like, so let's, t- t- bad example. Gwyneth. Okay. Like, say Gwyneth was wearing, like, a turtleneck for her trial that, like, was Balenciaga For brand. her trial. So she knows that there's, like, big paparazzi. See, that seems like a statement to me. Like, okay, well, maybe to, like, not for her trial, but, like, moment. for a dinner. Someone who gets fucking photographed all the time who didn't have an association with Balenciaga see, before. the thing is, no, really nobody out there gets photographed as much as the Kardashians do. They really don't leave their house without getting photographed, Where, which I think is intentional on their part because it's a part of their job. Yeah. I, I think most celebrities can go out to dinner without being seen, honestly. Okay. But we're not answering. Haley Bieber. Good question. Good okay. Question. That's, that's a very if good comparison. Haley Bieber, in the midst of all of her outfits, was wearing a turtleneck underneath a blazer that was Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. Would this be news? Well, the thing is, is that Haley Bieber didn't ever really have a connection to Balenciaga. So it's like, we're not talking about Haley Bieber and Balenciaga because it was never anything to talk about. We're talking about Kim and Balenciaga because there was a lot to discuss. And okay. we never fucking heard from her. Yeah. Okay. So it's a Kim thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can I can see that. I'm not. I'm, not I'm glad trying, we got down. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not glad you asked those questions. To argue one, I know you're one not. point or the other. I'm just trying to place it in different context so I can see it clearly. By the way, so am I. Like I'm I'm confused by this whole thing. Like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like ask all your questions. Like I'm just making this up. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like it's fucking weird. And we like never heard from her. And like there was this whole disgusting thing. And like a lot of people were upset with her. And it has been the reason for like this whole kind of flop era. And we still haven't heard from her. And they're like teasing that they'll talk about it on the show. And I feel like they won't. And then she's wearing Balenciaga again. I feel like they're not going to talk about on the show just because they would have said Balenciaga in the trailer once or they would have referenced it like a little bit more specifically right to get us excited yeah that's no I feel I feel like they don't so it's this whole saga that really like really affected them and they won't talk about it yeah but now she's wearing Balenciaga again so to me it's it's part of the conversation that she's wearing it again okay that is where I'll leave that's where I'll leave it and I I'm, I'm, I hear you. I don't know exactly like what I think she should do with all that crap. Me either. What she should do with You like donate it. She has so much stuff. Like she probably didn't pay for it. It's really, it won't hurt her. No, no, it won't. And And everyone's making it now. Like you said so astutely, so many of the clothes that she wore during her real like era with them were so fucking ugly (laughs) that really it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Who, who makes this pink jacket she was wearing? I don't know. Hmm. 
I don't see it in the caption. Anyway, moving on to our next story, which I'm really interested by because the author, James Patterson, you know him. Yeah, of course. He's like the biggest. I'm familiar. And he was in the Filthy Rich Jeffrey Epstein documentary because he lived next door to him in Palm Beach. And he's written fiction and nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. We did him for the Redheads. He wrote a book with Dolly Parton, Run, Rose, Run. Um, one of the biggest authors in the world. I know like who J.K. he is. Rowling, just in case. Oh, okay. But this, I, we need to set the stage because okay. of what he did. It's what really impactful. He accuses the New York Times of cooking its bestsellers list in a blistering letter to the editor that they refused to publish. So James Patterson, I've been saying this. I've obviously been, saying this. been on the New York Times bestseller list a million times. First, he posted two tweets just like questioning the math. The math yeah. wasn't mathing for him. He said, what's up with New York Times bestsellers list? Any, anybody besides me noticed that Mike Pompeo's book sold more copies than... Who's Mike Pompeo? The former secretary of... Oh, political. Political. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, anyone noticed that his Oh, not book James getting political. <laughs> ...has sold more copies than six titles on today's list. And I guess, like, he wasn't on it. And then he said, and last week, J.D. Robb, that's Nora Roberts's pen name novel, wasn't on the fiction list, even though it was still selling more than four other titles there by bestseller does the times mean best for their target audience yeah okay so and then he wrote a huge letter to the editor that they refused to publish saying that he's a longtime reader of the new york times it's his favorite Mm -hmm. newspaper he's been reading it since he moved to new york in 1971 here are some of the pull quotes i also know that this spirit of self-criticism and getting it right is too often absent from the bestsellers list. He said the real problem is where you say sales are statistically weighted to represent and accurately reflect all outlets proportionally nationwide. Because here you suggest your process has statistical rigor, and it simply doesn't. As the nation's bookstores and our publishing houses have known for years and can prove, your lists too often are outside the realm of statistically possible, much less plausible. The fact is that you regularly publish, even now that we have computers and widely available data, Mm -hmm. lists that say a book sold better or worse than another even when it's probably wrong oh my god I feel like so strongly about this because I was on the list and I um and I was so grateful to be on the list even though in terms of sales like I absolutely deserved it but so when I when I was publishing my book I was like doing a lot of research on the New York Times like how do you get on how many do you really need Mm -hmm. to sell and I was shocked to discover that the New York Times bestsellers list is an editorial list meaning it's curated it's not um based on statistics it's not one two three four five of like in it's order. basically opinion it's mm-hmm. an editorial um and so when you look at like usa today charts which are statistically just based on number of books sold that to me is and it sucks that like everybody puts so much weight on new york times bestseller because in order to make new york times bestsellers you have to sell enough books but you also have to then be like approved slash chosen by the editors of the new york times which is hard to do especially because the new york times is technically a political newspaper it's like more liberal leaning so if your book might not align with all their you know agenda then you have a less likelihood of getting on the list so when when you look at the usa today i find the usa today list to be more interesting because it goes in order this person sold 10 books this person sold nine books this person sold five books like it's based on numbers and so like not to make literally everything about me but i found it really interesting how i was number 12 and i'm i'm just supporting james's theory i'm not making the story about myself no, but and it's I'm, good that you have personal and i'm so grateful to, to have been on the list because they literally hold it like ransom i'm like and I, if i ever write another book i would love to be on the list but like and I'm not saying in any way like I'm comparable to this person, but my book came out. And when you when you have your first week sales, that includes all pre-orders, all pre-orders. So the three months leading up, I had all those sales and the first week. So I had 
13 weeks of sales. And on the uh, USA Today list, I believe I was, I don't know what number I was, but I know I was above Michelle Obama, whose book had been out for two years at this point. So I'm not saying my book was bigger than Michelle Obama's. I'm just saying in the three months and one week that I did pre-sales, I did sell more books than the one week Michelle Obama two years later. Right. I'm just trying to give context. And so I was above because I just, my pre-orders, that's it. You were above on USA Today. On USA Today, I was above. And then on New York Times, she was like number three and I was number 12. So it just doesn't make sense in terms of numbers, but I'm not saying in any way that I'm a better book. Well, actually, no, I'm kidding. That my book has any way comparable to Michelle Obama. I was just talking about statistics. Right. I know know people are going to drag me for like bringing that up, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, And so when I had learned that when I was doing research, because I really wanted to get on the list, it was like a huge goal of mine. I was like almost disheartened because it's like you can sell, you can literally sell 10 million books and you could not get on the list just because, you know, somebody at the New York Times doesn't like you. And I'm not a media darling. You could, you could sell 10 million and you will, you have to sell an absurd amount. Right. I don't know what the number is, but you have to sell an absurd amount of books to make the list no matter how much they don't want you to make it, right. you know? No, and he's right. We regard it as like this beacon. But of- also, this is what he said, and he makes some fire points. He said, look, I know somebody's going to accuse me of pursuing self-interest here, and they would be right. I'm an author. I of love course. landing on the list that gets more attention than any other list in the country. A list that brings additional visibility and attention to the books it names. A list that has, I imagine it should be easy enough for an economist to prove, actual monetary value for authors and publishing houses. Yeah. And a list that can make or break the careers of new writers. Maybe I'm foolish for thinking bestseller is supposed to be a measure of what's most popular with my fellow book buying readers as opposed to sometimes decreed value judgment on the method by which the books were sold at any rate I'm asking you to please cut it out by the way that's actually a really good point especially for like new authors and that's the thing with like TikTok now it's like so many books go viral and they're selling crazy amounts of copies like people are so influenced buying on their kindles and it doesn't really they don't make the list but they're selling like thousands and thousands of books you know years after the book has been published and and if it had made the new york times bestsellers list that's such a huge platform because people go to the new york times bestseller list to choose their next book of course and it's it's printed it's one of the most widely distributed widely circulated newspapers in the country like it's basically a billboard for your book yes also and then they also only sell they only print the first 10 so i didn't even make the print version (laughs) they can choose whatever books they want like it's their newspaper but then you can't accurately call it a best sellers list it could be called the new york times book list yeah the new york times recommended book list you know and it's like and then it's an amalgamation of sales and curation and our taste uh but it's not a best sellers list no it's a curated list of recommendations and to put it honestly he's so right to put it as a best sellers list in number order when it actually is not accurately based on numbers shouldn't that that's like for not only is it factually incorrect but it's also like false advertising yeah to say that like you know uh i'm just making this up like crying in h mart is the number one book and i'm sure it was but i don't know why i'm using that book as an example but to say that any book is the number one book in the country right now when actually there are other books that sold more copies that's just misleading and factually incorrect yes also and maybe they should also look into their dagger system because i got a dagger and that's something i just will never stop talking about because i didn't fucking deserve one no literally but they say that the panel of reporting retails is comprehensive and reflects sales in tens of thousands of stores of all sizes and demographics across the u.s so they make it really vague that it's like oh you can never know what happens in tens of thousands of stores but we know and this is the best sellers he said that should be reassuring but it's not because it's bonkers it's an excuse tens of thousands of bookstores we would be a happier and less dysfunctional nation if it were true but it's regrettably 
absolutely not. Maybe you mean locations that sell books and you include grocery stores, newsstands, Amazon lockers, and yard sales, but that's a quibble. Yeah, there's really no way to know there's yeah there's you're saying the list isn't what we think it is because you're combing through mom and pop grocery <laughs> stores like that's such a lie yeah no and I think like people only realize it when they write a book and of course everybody wants to make the best sellers it's like a dream I can't stop talking about it the fact no, that I made it it's, it's equal parts ego and um no it's ego like it's no but what he says is extremely true like if you make that list it's the difference between your book being seen yeah. by millions of people and not yeah yeah, yeah no, you're so right. it's it's business too it's not just about like oh this feels nice yeah and even though it does feel nice and it's not they they offer no they're not transparent about it at all again not to make everything about me but when I got a dagger on my list I my publisher which is like a really it's Simon & Schuster was like a legit publishing house I asked him to reach out to New York Times I would be happy to provide any like I did when they put a dagger next to your name it's like yeah this person sold a lot of books but we have reason to believe that maybe they bulk bought their own book and I was like, uh, okay. Um, so I asked him to reach out. I said I would provide anything. Like I didn't want the dagger to live on the website. Like I am not worthy of a dagger. Never heard. Like they weren't willing. They never responded. They never gave anything. And so they're not willing to work with writers or public. They're very rigid. Yeah. So I think that everybody has complained over the years. You know, this person didn't make it. It's infighting and this and that and dagger and such but when James Patterson is saying it yeah and he's made he owns the list he makes it no matter what like he's like, a darling of the literacy world it's impossible to ignore yeah but I also think some of his books he said he wrote a book about a uh, police um American police it was like illuminating firsthand stories and it didn't make the list they said that I don't know. They said some bullshit about that. So he's experienced it when it's not, you know, Alex Cross. Right, right, right. You would assume. And to see like a book of his not make the list. Like that's impossible. That's impossible. Because to be honest, people are really surprised because like books aren't really what they used to. I think a lot of people think in order to make the list, you have to sell like a million books to make it one of the lists. I think you need like a good minimum of like 6,000 copies 6, 000, in, in three months. 6,000 and be a favorable person. And be a favorable person. But so, if you're an unfavorable person, right. how many do you think you have to sell in the first week of sales? To be like unignorable. Uh, impossible to ignore. It also depends what else came out that week and such. It does, it does. I'm okay, so I- Time of year. I, I have to say, you know, above 15,000. Yeah, because sometimes you'll see someone on the list and it's like... I'm sorry, nobody's buying that book. You didn't even chart on Amazon, bro. Right, that's the other thing. Now we have... That's exactly what he's saying. We have access to so much data. Mm -hmm. We're able to look in real time at Amazon, at the, you know, audiobook bookstore, at the uh, at the Kindle bookstore. Like, yeah. you could really see that shit is updated multiple times a day. You can see what books are he, popular. He said he gets his info from BookScan. I think yes. that literally tells you how many books. So I actually... Like a year, like can a I, lay person look at book scan? No, you have to like I think register as an author, which I did, and then I never checked it. I really should check it. Thirty lay, we need those information. I know. Um, yes, we have so much data. It's like, come on, who do you think you're fooling? Maybe back in the day, everyone would flock to New York Times, being like, "Wow, they sold a lot of books." But we have so much access, especially as authors, and it must be really disheartening to have like a really great week with your book and think you're going to get it and really be eligible but not get it. But I will say on the flip side, because we have all of these other methods of seeing charts, just that we we can use them to disprove the New York Times, but it also helps elevate those exact books that we're talking about. Like, I don't necessarily get my book 
recommendations from New York Times. Mm-hmm. I get them from Amazon charts. I get them from Goodreads charts. Yeah. In the same way that, oh, we have all those charts that we could see that you're wrong. We also all have all those charts. We could see what's actually popular. Well, then it's like we as a society need to stop putting so much so, emphasis and importance on the New York literally. Times list because we know now and James Patterson has validated that it's actually not a legitimate list. Yeah. But it's just the culture we live in. Like, even me, I'm like ragging on the list. You will not catch me go one day without telling people I made the New York Times. Like, we put so much importance on it. The unfortunate importance of the New York Times. It's so like it's unfortunate. Just, I know, by the way, I know it's fraudulent. Like I have had a firsthand experience at it being fraudulent and it's still one of my greatest accomplishments. How sad is that? Beyond. Yeah. And that's just a little bit about me being a loser. I doubt anything will change, but this is definitely a big spotlight. It might be helpful if like other big authors joined, the, you know, yeah, but it's like on the one hand, you have to be big enough that it doesn't matter if they hate you. Right, you don't want to get on the bad side. Yeah, but if you're like, you know, you're Taylor Jenkins Reid and you're creeping up and you are finally having your moment in the sun, it's like, well, I'll show Every up. man for himself. Yeah, Colleen yeah. Hoover is like yeah. killing it. But even Colleen Hoover, like technically, there should be weeks where she's the only person on the list. Right, and also I feel like when she was like only doing eBooks for certain of her books, like those books, before she was the talk of the mm-hmm. town, those books probably were selling a couple thousand copies in a given week. There are lists like that are strictly eBooks. Mm-hmm. And she probably was snubbed a number of times oh, before they sure. just like decided. She's to, not ignorable before now. Before they decided to platform her. Yeah. Like it's almost like an endorsement. Yeah. I think that's how they see it. Yeah. It's bullshit. That's why you should become a redhead because we don't do any crap like this. No, and they are a data-based book club, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, we each give a rating. We do the average. You put data first. And we put it in a ranking system. We have a spreadsheet ranking system of the best books, but we also would say that we don't feel like it accurately reflects Mm -hmm. when we think back on all the books that we've read. But new episode of The Redhead drops this week on Thursday. We are recording today, so get your questions in for Yar Girlies because we're ready to chit-chat. Because it's time. And because this month's book was extremely crazy. Was it divisive? I don't know how it will be divisive. I think that it will just be like a really passionate episode in terms of like, I didn't like this book. Got it. You know what I mean? But it's like, I feel differently about, I, I didn't like the book, but I feel differently than, it's not like other books I've disliked. And you know Lob? And I mean? Lob. Got it. So yeah, great discussions coming up. Before we dive into the fifth and final story, right? Fifth and final? Fifth and final. Um, Let me just share how today's episode finally is brought to you by ZocDoc. Please. You've been stewing about a health problem you have. Isn't that the truth, Jackie? Mm. Open up. Whoa. Oh, I didn't know I'd be put on the spot. Actually, doctor-patient confidentiality. Sorry. Yeah, thanks. Wendy well, Lou. you almost resort to texting your group chat to get your friends' opinions, but you're unlikely to find quality medical advice in your group chat. Um, but you can find it on ZocDoc. Thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are here to help you. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care that you need. So it's so easy when you're having a medical issue to like go down a rabbit hole of like Google, asking people's recommendations. And the next thing you know, you're like diagnosing yourself with a terminal illness. Next time, just go to ZocDoc. You will find the expert medical and um, medical professionals and doctors that you need that specialize in the care that you need. And they'll deliver the type of experience that you want. When someone is just exceptionally good at what they do, it could be a waiter, a chef, a doctor. You just know you're in good hands. And that's exactly what it's like on ZocDoc. Finding the doctor that's right for you is seamless. The quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. So um, 
wherever you are, whatever you need, whether you're looking for a new doctor, you moved, like Jackie needed a new dentist, wherever you are. You knew everything. You knew everything. ZocDoc is a really great resource because you can A, make the appointment online so you don't have to call, which is the best. Two, you can find out if they take your insurance so you don't have to like waste any of your time. And the next thing you know, you're like sitting in the office of the person exactly who can help you. So there's no more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable, re- questionable reviews. Go to ZocDoc.com slash toast, download the ZocDoc app for free, and then book Find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's zocdoc.com slash toast, zocdoc.com slash toast. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our fifth and final story just got moved. Just got real. Just got real. No, it's a really sweet story. Um, Lamar Odom is acquiring rehab centers in California, vowing to save lives. Lamar Odom has just invested in three drug treatment centers in California with the hopes of helping people turn around their lives, just as he did with his own several years ago. TMZ Sports has learned the former LA Lakers star teamed up with Christian hip-hop artist Dante Ralston and former Hall of Fame skateboarder Dennis Martinez to acquire the facilities in San Diego, El Cajon, and Lemon Grove. A rep for Odom tells us the venues consist of a women's residential treatment home and two men's detox and residential treatment homes. The biddings will fittingly be called Odom Wellness Treatment Centers and Lamar is vowing to be highly involved with the patients at the facilities. In fact, they're told Lamar is ready to start saving lives ASAP. He wants to help everyone he can. He is thankful that he was given a second chance at his life and feels his destiny is to help others. Oh, this is so sweet. What a great full circle moment. It reminds me of Dope Sick. Yeah. How he became, you know, a a professional. I love Lamar Odom. I have so much love in my heart for Lamar Odom. I truly wish Lamar Odom the best. And I think this is beautiful, you know? I think this is beautiful too. I think it's also a great way to stay on track with your sobriety and your um, recovery is to like be involved in the community. So I think it's great for him. I think it's great for these organizations, the patients. I love this. I love this. And he's kind of like, becoming the man that Chloe deserves deserves, and probably always thought he could be. I know. And as much as I like love them and ship them, I don't think there is a world in which no, they... No, the ship has sailed. Quite literally. But it's just fun to think about. And Wouldn't I think Lamar had moved, nice. moved on. Yeah. But he always says nice things about Chloe. He always... And he always... I mean, if she wanted to, he would in a second. It's not yeah. even a question. But I think he knows like how he really kind of like fucked her up. And how he's like grateful for to be in a good place with her. So I think he's just, you know, he's not asking for more. He's just happy with where he's going to bloom where he's planted. Yeah. But if she called and said, get over here, he would be on the next plane. He would. I love this. I'm really. So just a little heartwarming news to end your Monday. Because that was just the craziest time. Mm-hmm. When it literally, I think he actually did die and they like brought him back. The Kardashians thought he had passed away. <sighs> that was crazy. And not only did he live, but he's helping others paying he's it forward. He's thriving. He's thrising. Thrice and thricing. You guys, Bruno sat on my lap the whole time. He was such a good boy. He needed his mommy today. It's crazy how he will. He does not come upstairs once when we're remote. Unless I'm here. But when we're together, like all of a sudden, it's all pause on deck. Of course. It's a party. It's a party. It's a pa- Bruno doesn't miss a party. Bruno does not miss a party. Bruno was falling asleep sitting up. He's so relaxed. Because like we're very relaxing. Yeah. 
Knowing his two favorite ladies are together, he can rest peacefully. And he successfully got the O on the floor, so he has no competition. You know, this is the ideal situation for Bryce. And Bruno has his back to him. It's like he's not even here. I love having the boys in the studio. I love podcasting with you. It's everything. It's such a fun way to start your day. Even though, oh my God, my day started horribly this morning. I can't even mention it. Oh my God. I thought today was going to be the worst day ever because I was... um, like when I went in the kitchen to make my coffee, I had to put some things away from the dishwasher mm-hmm. and I broke two ceramic bowls, like shattered Did you everywhere. Hurt yourself? No, but it was just like ceramic glass shattered everywhere. Who cleaned it up? Zach. And it was just a horrible way to start my day. I'm so sorry. But you would never know. I thought like the whole day was ruined. Right, like was that was setting the tone. One of those days. Yeah. But look, I had forgotten. We turned it around, turn 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 it around. Love ya. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to The Toast. Oh, oh he knows. Bruno. He knows on the love ya. Thanks so much for listening to The Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast-side stories that you need to know every Monday, the Friday, and YouTube. So watching the new YouTube, please feel free to subscribe because video thumbs up. Also available as podcasts and rare podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iRacast, Box, all the places where we visit a podcast. Vanessa Toast, the five-star review. I've had a beautiful setting and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Love ya. Bye. Bye.